I think the most important thing is never to let the joke get in the way of the functional conversion copy. This is That Marketing Podcast. Made by marketers for marketers. Welcome to another edition of That Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Spotlight UK. Today we're dipping our toes into the tricky topic of brands being funny with Adam Hunt, the founder of White Label Comedy. I asked Adam about the journey that brands take into introducing comedy into particularly their social feeds, but other elements of their content as well. And I pit his comedy shops against my favourite show, Black Adder. I hope you enjoy. Well, Adam, first off, thank you very much for coming on the podcast to chat us about humour with us. Absolute pleasure to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. Um, I wanted to start with with the basics. I think humour is one of the things like we all think that we're funny, especially in in a personal sense. But when you try and write jokes, as I, as I sort of started doing for some of our social things, it becomes quite hard to sort of pre-write a joke for that B2B world. So can you sort of talk us through what, what a joke is? What are, what are the basic assumptions you need to go, need to, to have in place before you can actually write something that comes across funnily, fun if that's a word. <laughs> it is now, it is now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, I, th- I think a couple of really important um, basic understandings, and, and th- these are understandings that we, we've, you know, have evolved in our own work and, and, and how we operate, but t- two key things. One is that when, you know, talking about social content, to, you know, uh, to begin with, when someone engages with a piece of your content, they're not doing it to tell you they liked it, they're doing it to kind of serve their own social purposes. And so a, a huge part of what we do is really quite geeky and quite research driven, getting a handle on what those social purposes are so that we can reflect your basics so that we can give them content that they want to share. That's actually kind of more important than the joke itself is just making sure that it represents um something that 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 your audience is is keen to share and then when it comes to actually writing a joke like basically all a joke is and my my writers hate me for being so reductionist but that's why it's great being more of a producer than than a comedy writer is i can be reductionist about everything they do that that you know you might see as magic is a joke is just two things that shouldn't fit together but you've made them fit together with a clever twist in the middle you know our brains kind of have a little gap to jump but it's it's enough of a gap that um it's funny when we piece we, we sort of piece a bit together that sparks a little bit of joy if you look at any joke that made you laugh, all it really is, whatever the joke, is two things that shouldn't fit together, but you've made them together with a little twist. And when you understand that, you can start to go, all right, you know, what what are what are the things that my audience wants to hear? What can I say to them that's gonna that, that, that they will agree with? And then you find ways to say the things they'll agree with with you know in that kind of joke format so you're you know you're you're giving their brains a little rhythm pack and they're they're enjoying it so and then if that that makes it sound more complicated or less complicated but uh that that is that is everything we do <laughs> right okay i mean do, most of the customers most of the guys for listening this are going to be probably business with sort of established brands they probably already have a social channel and most of them like you know ours included are not going to pretend we're we're ready this is all, it's, it's quite sort of on brand, on message, and a little bit stayed and sort of boring. Is there is there a point where you can sort of you have to sort of ramp up the comedy in there, or can you sort of hit someone with a joke straight away and your audience will get it, or is it sort of you have to build the expectation that you're becoming a, a funny brand? I, I think the key thing is that 
you should never make a joke for the sake of making a joke. You should always make a joke about something that matters to your audience and that is relevant to your brand. And so long as that's what you're doing, you're, the jokes don't tend to come out of nowhere. They tend to just be um, more entertaining, engaging ways to represent the things you're already talking about. So I think definitely no brand should just wheel out Ricky Gervais or Michael McIntyre on the socials and expect their audience not to go, what, what, what? But so long as you are making the right jokes about the right things, it's not as jarring as you think, and it's also not as risky as you think. I think I think that that's the key thing. It's it's where brands come unstuck is is poor choices over topics, angles, and you know they they forget that humour for a brand is still a piece of marketing, and it still needs to fulfil all of those other criteria to contribute to the bigger picture before you've written the joke. That's right. Okay. That's my first thought with this was. There are there are probably some industries where humour shouldn't work at all. Like you know, if you're if you're hiring say, a divorce lawyer, you probably don't want to see a joke on their website the first time time you log into that. But I suppose if you're making jokes the sort of of your audience, then then that isn't necessarily true, is it? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I, I think it, you know it's not the case that you couldn't sell divorce lawyer services with humour. You just need to sell them in the right way and I, and I think you know that what what humor does what jokes do is they they show an audience that that this brand or this business or even this comedian get it they understand me they understand my world so actually you know probably I, th I think for a divorce lawyer there's going to be more persuasive copy when when you load up the website so on the website I want to see you know I, I just want to see that you're a reputable lawyer who probably as you know as, as one 99 percent of his divorce cases and, and you're going to keep all my money for me that's that's more important but there's still room within that to be human to be light-hearted to be to be engaging and you know so long as like I say so long as the jokes are about things that you would already be talking about anyway it's not a million miles away it is literally it, it you know if if a topic wouldn't appear on your sales page then you don't need to make a joke about it anywhere if, if that makes sense but if it does then the right kind of joke can really sort of force us to focus on the problem that you solve and that can have you know that could be game changing for conversion rates on the page if you get it right if you get it wrong like you know get it wrong and it's <laughs> you're, you're playing with fire but get it right and it's a really nice addition to the impact of of a message okay when, when you're as, as you as you do with white label quality when you're working with brands how do you kind of deal with the, the i'll start that again when you're trying to get a brand or or your team within your brand to think about that about no, this is not going well. Um, how do you kind of deal with the fact that a lot of brands, like the people running the pages or producing content, they aren't their target audience? I mean, for for me being a B2B marketer and selling to B2B marketers, I think I'm in quite a privileged position whereby the people I'm selling to are like me, but I think that's not the case for a lot of industries. So is there a, a thing where like, you, it's safe to put out a joke that you don't think it's particularly funny because your audience will get it? I, I, I think actually, you know, brands having people running their, their socials, running their marketing 
um, that aren't the target audience is a much bigger problem. And, you know, that's actually that is a huge problem at every level of of, of marketing, and not just restricted to to, to humour and, and and using it right. And I think actually, you know, the brands and the agencies that get around that they are very data driven. They're very research led, um, and likewise, our process is very research led. So you know, we, we we put together a serious piece of work before we work with any new client that finds those relatable truths those those things basically that that the audience will respond to with oh that's so true like we are we are laser focused on gathering those and using those to write jokes i think i think so long as you are always starting with the audience and what matters to them you will you will post you know you will generate content that, that speaks to them and, and and has an impact and absolutely it doesn't matter whether or not you like it whether you find it funny um it's whether or not they find it funny and you know like as a an interesting example of that actually what one of one of our um one of our recent clients they were a data analytics company and we very deliberately we, we agreed right we're, we're going to do a load of basically chart and graph gags for this particular company um and we're like right we, we're going to do two kinds of joke we're going to do some that are just broad appeal so essentially anyone you know even though they are representing the brand because they're it's an analytics company and so the joke is a chart and a graph gag still the topic's going to be very broad you know life under covid stuff we're going through right now you know the, the time of the year it was it was all very much like broad appeal stuff then the other half we were going to lean really really hard into the pain points the the details of the service offering the specifics of what they do for their clients and our theory was that the broad appeal content would be would, would get a better reaction but deliver um less leads or lower quality leads for the business the uh the the key topic content as we called it would maybe get a smaller reaction on social but deliver a bigger percentage of, of 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 good leads for them and that that actually is true but what's really interesting is when we sat down and we looked at the content we developed for them at the end just before setting it off i was like oh do you know what like i love the broad appeal content the key type of content it's not that funny i was like oh have we have we have we screwed up here is this, is this not good enough but they had exactly the opposite feeling so for them yeah they love they love the broad appeal stuff but for them the key topic content they thought it was hilarious because it <laughs> spoke to their truths and it, that was a really interesting moment for us because we realized that we'd done such a good job of nailing the truths and using the skill of a comedy writer to write around those truths that we'd bypassed that bit of the process that that is oh we're not the audience so we can't write and so i, I think you know that's speak to their speak to their truth and you'll get the reaction you need is is the the moral of that very long-winded story <laughs> yeah and we, we talked about this when we were sort of planning this episode that um we've just finished or i'm in the middle of watching the latest series of rupaul's drag race and they had a roast episode on there and we would we were, we were my wife and i were sitting watching it afterwards thinking like one of the queens just came across incredibly mean where uh, and when the others didn't and it was quite hard for us to sort of pinpoint um pinpoint what the difference was and i hope i think i think i might have got it from one of the apps one of the examples on your website was, i found this one um i make more noise getting out of bed these days than i ever did in it I, I i think that's hilarious i'm you know probably hopefully not the target audience for that quite because i'm only 30 but um i liked it and i, I sat there and i thought if you replace the eyes with use that suddenly becomes really mean like is is it that simple that you speak as 
the people that you're writing to or writing or trying to get the attention yeah. of? Yeah. So, so that's actually that's a really great example. Um, it's one that I, that I that I wheel out in in you know quite often because so that that was a joke written for a, a, a sort of independent living community uh, client of ours, and it's really noteworthy one because it got a huge response, um, and luckily that brand was also publishing their content they'd written in house like alongside ours, so I could literally compare you know how their how their own post did that day and how ours did that day, and it's a huge difference that I won't you know I won't show off about the numbers, but it, it, it was good, but. It, for me, it's not a funny joke. I actually, I actually think it's not even our best work, but it is so of the audience. And you know, yeah, it's, you know, just linguistic um, ticks, like making sure that you are talking about us rather than talking about you, are important. But it, you know, it goes beyond that. So, so that wouldn't help you out if the joke itself was still mean and at the expense of old people you know it, it really needs to be <clears throat> a joke that the audience would would make about themselves if you know if it is self-deprecating um not just aggression wrapped up as self-deprecating humor that's you know that's that's i think that's the fine line um and and you can only do that if you really get to know the audience sure okay okay i, I think i i think i, I pulled it and i nicked this example from the little promo video you've got on your website actually say so, I know I've seen the numbers you're talking about on that one I, th I think it was the same when we talked about be the existing content being on brand on message and really boring like is does comedy that kind of contrast with the expected brand voice have a place or does it have to is it kind of better that you're you're not in the brand voice that you kind of you shake people up and go oh wasn't I wasn't expecting them to say that does that add to it or does that depend really on what kind of joke that you're telling Here's, here's one thing that I think is really important. I'm yet to work with a single client whose PDF brand tone of voice guidelines that they that they developed a couple of years back and haven't really looked at since actually ties in with anything they're doing on social anyway. Because there's, there's those you know the, the sort of the established brand tone of voice is so rarely. Um, stuck with in a social space because it very rarely works in a social space so definitely you know i think i think i i think it's still important for us to fall in line with what the brand's actual social tone of voice is but i think once you help a brand understand that what they're doing is really already quite far away from what they say they're doing they're much more open to sort of take, take that journey with you also though because it is, you know, it is so uh, so research-led that every joke we would suggest a brand makes is still bang on the money in terms of their messaging. That's the key thing: is is tone of voice is one thing, but messaging is another. Um, and I, and I, and I think um, yeah, it's it's, it's it, it, the right kind of jokes for brand aren't a million miles away from from a tone they would be comfortable with. Um, different brands have different levels of tolerance, but because we're not suggesting that you start, you know, sassing everyone in town and being really, you know, aggressively <laughs> funny, it's it's not as risky as you might think, and it's not it's not it's it's just it's just the entertaining, engaging way to say what you were already trying to say. You know, it's 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 that blog post that no one read, but we've made them read it. That's all it is. Right? Yeah, I was, was going to come on to sort of blogs and other. Because I, I I came I sort of discovered you through through Brands Against Mundanity, the card game that helps you um mm. get started on these. So they are the the outsourcing of what you do, I suppose, might be the. the but then, do you think does comedy belong everywhere? Is there a point in the sort of 
heaviness of content where comedy loses is there a point where you get like right now now i actually want the the dry details and i want this to be serious because we're talking a serious business proposition or does that line not really exist or not exist at all i think the most important thing is never to let the joke get in the way of the 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 the, 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 the functional conversion copy so so you know stepping away from social posts for a second if you're looking at you know meteor pieces of copy like uh, you know emails and, and sales pages and even facebook ads they are working on a very very complex functional psychological level and if you've already got a winning ad and I throw out all of the bits that work and replace them with jokes. Your 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 sales are gonna <clears throat> are gonna tank. So what we need to do is look at what's already working. Go okay, that message is working. How can I how can I use humour to make people focus on that more, make it more effective, make it more impactful, um, but also acknowledging that it isn't always the most persuasive answer. So often it is, and and I think definitely it helps um accentuate a successful message but there are some things that are you know that, that there are different levers you can use to sell and sometimes you lean on others so, so, so i think it's it's there, while there isn't a while there isn't uh you know any scenarios in which i would say you don't use comedy i think we still approach everything as sort of generalist marketers that just prefer to be to be funny when when we can and when it is effective but it's still you still have to have an open mind and you still also you, you know the challenge is always to beat the control not to simply try and tear out the rule book and insist that comedy is the best thing ever because you know you've got a pre-existing audience who you need to move the way you're selling to them on a corner turn not just rip up start again and hope for the best right okay so yeah like your, like your audience came to you for something you're doing something right to start with i mean if you're if you're a startup then you've not got that to lean on but on, on the basis that we're probably talking more to established existing brands then you're, you're onto something i yeah that makes sense. that's quite similar to a discussion we had about rebranding in a, sim a previous episode that your audience came to you for a reason so you shouldn't throw them away for the sake of chasing after somebody new yeah, uh, I mean, tell you what, even even a startup you know you very rarely get to the point of marketing your startup without some proven success and without some understanding of what your audience likes about you so you know e even then it's you know for, for us if, if a startup is very personality led then we're going to be building on the personality of the founder and that founder will have you know ways in which they have connected with their audience and, and the things their audience like about them so there's always something to start with and there's there's always a control to be basically sure would you approach it differently if you're writing content for employees of a brand uh, for employees of a black of a brand specifically to share rather than the brand pages um i i think what we would do in each of those cases if we is we would ask what is the audience for this content so you know if you're writing for linkedin and it is much more personality led you know it's, we're writing for um your personal audience then that is a different audience to the brand's audience and so just understanding the audience right you know our starting point is always who is receiving this what do we need them to do how can we make this content that will 
make them do what we want them to do. So yeah, we'd approach it differently, but it's still it's still the same question, if that makes sense. It's still, um, you know, it, it's just understanding who is in each pot of people and, you know, what are the things that unite them and, and, and how can we, how can we give them, like my, my sort of favorite stolen phrase is share and declare, really, the, the best content on social is content that you give someone else that they can share and it tells the world something about themselves. So what do we need to give your audience in order to have them share it? How can we wrap up your brand values within it so that it's not just a waste of effort on your part? It actually does something for you know your brand awareness and your, your bigger picture. And then it may be that the personal audience and the brand audience are very similar. It may be they are similar enough that you can just do, use the same content in both spaces. You just need to ask that question because it all starts with who. Sure. Okay. When we started recording, when we were when we were plan when we were planning this this episode, you said to me it's all right to challenge you. So I'm going to put you on the spot in this one. And Please say, do. I, so because it's all about my one and. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a massive Blackadder fan. And there is a, a wonderful bit in season four where General Melchett and George enter the room and George is saying, I'm terrible. And the bishop said, I'm terribly sorry. I didn't realize you meant organist. Melchett laughs. And I've turned that over my head so many times. So as a as a professional, someone who knows about this, I'm intrigued to see what you what you reckon the, the lead in or the setup to that joke would have been. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I had a little, little bit of time to think about this. And, and I think a couple of important things. One, I think that it's a meta joke. So it's a joke about jokes. And I think it's funny precisely because we'll never know what the setup was. Um, I also actually think that, you know, the, the only it wouldn't have been a one liner. It wouldn't have been a, you know, a zingy sort of Tim Bay and Gary Laney style bit. It would have been a, a, a long rambling shaggy dog story essentially about someone asking to see the organ uh the, uh, and sorry someone asking to see the organist and the bishop showing him his knob you know that that, that is what that joke is <laughs> and, and when you understand that's all it could be it's way less funny because actually in this context the unknown is what's funny um and so yeah it, it's a kind of it's a weird meta joke um i, I think but yeah if, if if you force me to unpack it it's, it's a joke about knobs but i think you knew that anyway i think i think it's um yeah i, I, I think that's pretty plain to see that, that is probably the that is probably the first route I would have gone gone down. Yes, yeah, continue that without just me being absolutely filthy on the and watching that. No, but then in, in probably in context of the show, probably quite uh, probably quite unlike, quite likely anyway. For anyone who's watching, if you haven't, you must must go and watch it because I think it's absolutely fabulous. I, I think uh -huh. that. The real truth of that joke, what that joke really is, is it's a because, you know, obviously they walk into the room having finished the joke, having just told only the punchline. And it, what that is, is it's leaning on a relatable truth about in groups and out groups, about, you know, how, how it feels to be included, how it feels to be excluded. And actually that relatable truth itself is is the source of humour as well. And and I think it's, you know, it, it, there's a lot more going on there. I, I, I think, um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one, definitely, to, to pick apart. Cool. OK. I think on that um, thoughtful nugget, I think we'll leave it there. So once again, thank you very much for coming on. Hopefully we've, we've inspired some people to, to uh, think about how they can use comedy in their content. Um, where's the best people, uh, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to continue talking about this with you at whitelabelcomedy.com absolutely that's that's the best place to find us great okay thank you very much and bye for now thanks a lot cheers richard
thank you for joining us for another episode of that marketing podcast you clearly have wonderful taste we hope you found the content useful and and enjoyed it we'd love you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us maybe leave us a review if you can think of a topic that you you'd like us to cover or even if you fancy coming on the podcast and sharing your own experience on a particular topic that you can reach us at marketing team at spotler.co.uk thanks once again and happy marketing <laughs> <laughs>